So, Josh, why do you hate Spider-Man in his Spider-Man? <laughs> okay, that's just how we're starting out today. Um, okay. Listen, I'm 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 bringing it up that way because I got like these sweet like trainer shorts, like weight <laughs> weight training sh- or tra- like I got these. Basically, I bought gym shorts yep. that have like underwear inserts sort of stitched in like swimming pants only okay. not like swimming pants they're a little more more like underwear gotcha and they're awesome nice i, I i'm i'm just That's like great. these these are the best <laughs> i love them i just want to put on my stretchy pants <laughs> i don't understand how that has to do with what we were talking about but okay i'm glad you're not comfortable you. in your shorts <laughs> nice um Anyways, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that one in there just to like, you know, that's a curveball. Just, just cause I like it. That's I, not even a curveball. That's me like walking you, like giving you the walk to first, just like <laughs> beaning you in the head. <laughs> okay, so Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I realize that that just a personal flaw of mine is when I talk about things. Um, well, gener- generally when I go to like give any kind of a review, and I, I realize that I do this because my wife makes fun of me, is that I um, immediately when she asks my opinion of something, like a piece of media, a movie that I watched or something like that, I'll go into like review mode and she's like, I was just asking you if you liked it. Like you don't have to give me the plot and tell me all about this other stuff and what you liked and what you didn't like and the camera angles and stuff. Like I, I just wanted to know what you thought. Um, so anyways... I realize that I can generally start off kind of negative, and so I don't want to do that uh, here. Uh, so Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I want to start out by talking about the fact um, that I that Spider-Man... That it's awesome. It is awesome. It is a great movie. I would recommend it. I think, yeah. I think it, it's really cool. If, if nothing else, it is unlike any other movie that I've seen before. Like there's some, there's some really cool visual striking movies. I think of some movies like, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's called the book of Kells. Um, that yeah. has this really cool art style. Um, it looks like it's very reminiscent of like the old, uh, like the, the illustration that they would mm-hmm. give around the scripting. And like, I forget what that's uh, illuminated text, maybe something, something like that. But like the the big fancy S's and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. like all the scroll work and everything, yeah. Kel, the Book of Kells it like basically takes that and then animates, like it cleans it up and stuff, but it it does it animates that, right? And that mm-hmm. and not that it looks the same as Into the Spider Verse, but I, I just compare those two because when I saw the Book of Kells, I was just like immediately like this is an animated movie that is unlike any other animated movie that I've seen before into the spider verse does that same thing where it's just very visually striking. And the way that it uses its visuals to tell its story is really cool. So it's, um, it's the secret of Kells. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's about the book of Kells, but the secret of Kells, there you go. Uh, so recommend that one as well. Uh, so into the Spider Verse, I am a big fan of Spider Man in that he's my favorite superhero. He's been my favorite superhero since I was young. Um, you know, since like trying to delve into the sign, kind of my own neuroses and like, hey, why do you act? Why is he your favorite? What it, what is it about him? Um, you know, some of the things that I think of when I think of Spider Man, and this sounds well, you know me because I'm I'm on the podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm a bit of a, an older emo kid, right? Okay. I still have that part of me. Um, and so one of the things that really stuck out to me about Spider-Man that I really connected with more so than other superheroes, and maybe it's just cause I don't know as many superheroes. I wasn't super into comic books. Um, but Spider-Man in most Spider-Man stories, it is a story about how he does not have it all figured out. And how he fails and how he messes up and how he hurts people even while he's trying to do the right thing. So like a lot of Spider-Man stories that I remember were like how he's trying to juggle his relationship with MJ and being Spider-Man and how like it would put her in danger and how he had the weight of the world on his shoulders because he wanted to live up to this responsibility that he had being Spider-Man while at the same time he wanted to, you know, just have like a relationship 
um, and and how those two often conflicted, and you know what he had to to do in the midst of that. So, just that idea of you know responsibility bearing this weight, and also just never really feeling like you're good enough, or never feeling like you're actually accomplishing what you're setting out to do, even though you continue to try. And and he always like put on a you know he's always joking around, so he's always having a good time it's it's not like he went full emo you know unless spider-man 3 there's that uh <laughs> but we don't talk about that movie um we don't so, talk about like the 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 jazz bebop dan- that, the like weird... the snapping his fingers like yeah. <laughs> checking out girls with the weird <laughs> dumb mopey emo haircut we, yeah yeah Anyway, yeah, we don't um, talk about that. We don't talk about that, <laughs> right? Uh, so anyway, so Spider Man. I'm a big fan of Spider Man, um, and so yeah, my connection with him is on the level of that with that superhero is on the level of um, who he is as a character, um, still being very positive while at the same time having this side to him that is very conflicted as to what he ought to do and how he ought to live his life and how that affects the people around him and how that just like increases the burden to continue to do good and use his powers for good. So, uh, and, and the fact that he's never, you know, something, someone like Iron Man is very like full of themselves, very arrogant. And Spider-Man was not that at all. He was never like sure of himself, if that makes sense, you know, like, like, there was always that part where he didn't feel like he was good enough. So anyway, and, and part of that I think is, well, is just because he's young. Well, I think too, though, it's, he is sitting under the burden, uh, under the charge that in a way, a lot of ways Ben placed on him. Exactly. With yes. great power comes great responsibility mm-hmm. or whatever the, the actual phrasing is. But it's like, it's like saying like, listen, and or maybe Ben doesn't actually say. I can't remember what what how the canon actually works. Like as, mm-hmm. as as far as like what the canon actually states as far as Spider Man goes, but like that is the ethos that drives Peter. Like exactly. I have this. I need like I have this. I can step in in a way that other people can't. I need to like right. And so that just sort of like that becomes the 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 impetus, the motor. You know, mm-hmm. the, the driving force behind Peter Parker is like, you know, to be a man worthy of that, that power of, yes. and, and to come up under the responsibility that comes along with that power. Right. Right. And not using it because, you know, the origin stories, you know, where, again, I'm not super up on all the comic book stories at all. Like my introduction to Spider-Man was the 90s TV show. And I still really like that show. Like, I'm not saying anything negative about that, but I'm I'm just being real. Like, I'm not I'm not super into comics or anything, so I could be off on this. But this is my perspective of who Spider Man was and why I like him so much. So, all that being said, you know the the original Spider Man movies came out. I really liked the first one. Really liked the second one. Don't talk about Bonesaw is ready. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh, fantastic. Um, and, and that's when, you know, they started making more real world superheroes. You know, it wasn't quite the Batman where, where it was serious enough. Like it was still kind of schlocky, but it wasn't, it, it was also more, uh, it felt more real than some of the older, you know, it was, it was in a time where like the first X-Men movie came out. So I realized I'm talking to, sorry, I, that I'm an old fart. And so. I, I saw some of this stuff, dude. So just like I went and saw that stuff like in high school and yeah. after high school. So <laughs> like you, you, I mean, everybody knows that I'm a little older than you, but just a little, just just a little. <laughs> I'm just a little older. Just yeah, yeah. This is tiny bit. But it, I mean, like in the day and age now, it's like oh yeah, Marvel movies come out. There's six of them that come out every year. Like that was not yeah. the case back then. And and when they did come out, they were much more schlocky and jokey and well, they dude, weren't to be those, taken seriously. Those Sam Raimi, like mm-hmm. Tobey Maguire, original Spider-Mans, like 
those were a huge deal. Yes. Because we had no. never gotten anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. 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 The, the, yeah. Along with like X, and I don't know the timeline, um, but that first X-Men movie I felt like was, was very similar in that, um, in, in that it was like, Oh, we're actually taking this more serious, even though it's, it's still, it's still fantasy, but it's a little more serious again. Well, that was Batman also sort of like the same era, like, and just like this, I know this is a bit of a rabbit trail and I won't no, you're good. derail, but like that was like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out and then mm-hmm. like the original Lord of the Rings. It's sort of all in that same like yeah. milieu or whatever. And I remember just a weird conversation. I remember like going to visit like some sort of picnic or birthday party or something. And like I was like, like maybe 18 or 19 And somebody brought up about how like, and I I love Kung Fu movies. Mm -hmm. Like I love Kung Fu movies Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be like straight up. I like Crouching Tiger. Like I love the fact that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like had like a box office release and did well in the theaters. I was like, I was all about that. And there was somebody like at this picnic who was like, basically like they were talking up the Lord of the Rings movies, but then they were talking trash on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I'm like, <laughs> yo, and I, I was like, I was like, so you're gonna tell me, like the wizard and the small people and the everything is like that's cool. We can like jive with that fantasy, but like, you know, the the Wuja stuff water, with yeah. like the the running over waters and the wire fighting, like that's not cool. <laughs> I'm like, do you know how dumb you sound right now? <laughs> it's like, because what you're saying is like, my fantasy is better than this other fantasy. Right. I'm like, it comes right. from a different tradition. It's not trying to like tickle the same thing. This is mm-hmm. just a different take on something else. And it's just a fun adventure flick, dude. Get over yourself, you pompous jack wagon. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, I might have said some other things, but it was like, it's like, it was like, dude, like, how are you going to like, Dude, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is a baller flick. And maybe it doesn't have like this thing. Like, listen, you're talking Tolkien versus like just this weird like kung fu flick, like wire fighting flick. Mm. Yeah. There's a huge difference as far as like story and impact and cultural relevance and all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. But like to sort of be like, oh, Crouching Tiger, it's just not realistic. And I'm like... <laughs> Like I, the, you're talking the, about the a listen- ring that makes you go invisible that you don't want to give to other people. That actually is like a ring of su- supreme power. Yeah, it's like, and it's like, yeah, but like that's not fantastic. That's believable. Like, <laughs> come on. I, I'm a man of strong opinions. I know. I know this comes as a surprise to anybody who's listening to this, but I am a man of strong opinions. There you Sorry. go. Sorry. Anyways. No, that, no but- that's okay. So, so yeah, the first couple Spider-Man movies were really good. Uh, I did not like the amazing Spider-Man movies, um, primarily because of, and he's not a bad actor, but the, what's his name? Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will say, I think Tobey Maguire, the, one of the things I really liked about Tobey Maguire in the original Spider-Man movies was he was a great Peter Parker. He was an okay Spider-Man. I feel like they, they, they didn't flip that with um, Andrew Garfield in the amazing Spider-Man movies. They like went totally the other way where like Spider-Man felt more like Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield was not a convince convincing Peter Parker at all in the least. Cause again, when, when you think about how I connected with Spider-Man, like, because he's this nerd, you know, he was this nerd who got these powers like Andrew Garfield through the entire movie is like the dude that all the chicks want to be with basically. You know, like he, he go he has a whole scene where he goes into a warehouse and starts skateboarding by himself. Like he is not the loner nerd kid that Peter Parker is. So anyways, I, I had a big problem with those. Um, and then the newest Spider-Man movies come out and like, I think it's kind of the best of both worlds, a really good Spider-Man, a really good Peter Parker as well. Even though he skews a bit younger than I'm used to, um, I, I really Actually, like his dynamic. I like that about yeah. uh, Tom Holland's Peter. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like the fact that he's in high school. Like, 
even though Tom Holland is like in his twenties. Well, right, yeah, but but he fits in. Like it's he, not like a original Power Ranger situation where it's like a no, bunch of where, thirty year where olds Tommy, walking around. It's like, yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but that's, you know, that's I think bad. Tom Holland Spider Man is like probably peak Spider Man, yes. especially in Homecoming. Yes, like because it's like you have a kid who is like. Like and that's half the charm is like mm-hmm. he's way out of, out of his element. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like you know to quote another movie, you're out of your league, Donnie. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, like Tom Holland's Peter, and it's like there's sort of like some some charm, but it's like an equal dose of awkward. And I mm-hmm. love like basically like the humor, like the the the. Like Spidey always has a quip. He's always got some yes. like something snarky to sort of like, you know, as he's beating down the bad guys to sort of like, you know, add a little bit of insult to injury. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that though is is a coping mechanism. Right. It's almost like mm-hmm. that like like uh like I'm almost dying here. Yeah. And I yeah. like instead of actually acknowledging like the the harshness of of that that whole situation, that whole reality, um he's like and he's like, I'm just going to like joke sort of joke it. and yeah. be sort of a, a brash sort of New Yorker, like kind of like mouthy. And yes. I don't know, man, like Spidey, like, you know, like, you, you, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. I love Spidey. I love me some nice. Spidey. Like awesome. him and, and it's like, maybe this makes me just like the, that, that token nerd, but him and Wolverine, like oh, nice. two best freaking superheroes in the world like That's batman's because so they're so different a chump <laughs> batman's a rich oh. man ninja chump and anybody who says he could beat superman is clowning like superman <laughs> is a freaking joke all right but like he has the arsenal the only way batman can even like compete on that sphere is if he gets that little green rock like mm-hmm. like i don't know like don't get me wrong the bat's kind of cool I'm I, I I'm like that's a hot take. Me just like trying yeah. to get people like angry. Um, no, like Batman is cool, but like yeah. like legit. Yeah, like and I think yeah. I I appreciate that. Like the antihero mm-hmm. and sort of like who ends up sort of becoming like a sort sort of father figure, and then Peter who who's got like you know not to be weird, but he's got daddy issues. Mm-hmm. He's got like you know he he he's an orphan. He was raised by his aunt and uncle. His uncle dies. And according to like you know comic book canon, his uncle dies because Peter didn't stop a guy he should have stopped. Right, right. And so like there's that like the guilt of that just sort of like weighing in on him all the time, and then the the the, the trying to sort of live up to the the great power, great responsibility, sort of like credo, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think in the comic book Ben never says that. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Um, I gotcha. think that just sort of like the ethos, it's, the yeah. like, yeah. Anyways, anyways. Okay. Uh, th- well, it's it's interesting it, now that we're now that we're kind of picking it apart. Is just like you, you mentioned Wolverine, and he's very much. I'm going to compare these two because like Wolverine is so um, like masculine and very much just like you know drinking, smoking, uh, but also like carrying a lot of heavy burdens. It's funny because I feel like where spider-man is like you said he has daddy issues and so he is always trying to be you know like he's trying to find out what it is what it means to be a man and so he's on his path to that whereas like wolverine is just like sitting in the middle of it and not letting anyone you know like going too far with the machismo but um but very much like a strong masculine character so anyways masculinity Mm. in your in your superheroes uh so the reason i go through all of that to get to where where we talk about spider-man into the spider and here's the thing guys i already know what he's gonna say (laughs) but i thought this was an interesting enough sort of take and i think it's worthwhile so the the big the biggest thing so like i said i don't want to start off negative so i'm going to say walking into this movie I had never read any Miles Morales stories. So like, you know, just with the way that the world is, I figured like, okay, they've got, you know, a black guy playing Spider-Man. 
is he just going to be like a token black guy kind of a thing? You know, like, did they just kind of get him to be the new Peter Parker just because everything's kind of skewing towards intersectionality, right? Lo and behold, he is absolutely not that in this movie. Miles was... So the two best things about this movie, I think, are the visual, the art style, and Miles' character. So Mm -hmm. I was going into it like, Peter Parker's my boy. Why are you changing this? I don't know who this Miles character is. And I absolutely loved him. So I, I was like taken to task on kind of my assumptions right like where i thought they were just going to shoehorn him in i thought i thought he was really cool he was a very believable just kid trying to again trying to kind of find uh his way in the world um especially with his dynamic with his dad because his dad was a police officer and a police officer who didn't like spider-man Right, <laughs> right, and so which like, is also like a really cool like one. I think that's kind of like a realistic take, and I think mm-hmm. it's also like it's a it is a cool little stressor to like sort of like throw in there. Totally. So I want to be clear that I do like this movie, um, and those those were absolutely some of my favorite parts of of the movie were Miles himself and the art style. So that being said, my biggest issue with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is how it fundamentally changes the character of Spider-Man. Again, I was going in blind, so I don't know how close to canon this, you know, you can fall back on the argument, oh, well, that's who the character is. Like, that's literally just who it was written as. I understand that. But if you're going to call the character Spider-Man, the Miles Morales Spider-Man, Spider-Man, I don't think Spider-Man. Okay. <laughs> Get me more pictures of Spider-Man. Um, I, I have, I take issue when you fundamentally change or when you change a fundamental of, of a character and continue to call him that same character. Uh, so in this case, in the case of, of Miles Morales, or not even him as a character, because he's really cool. The thing is, when he gets his powers um, and when he has his bend moment with his dad, right? When when his dad is dying and he no, wants his dad, to tell... his uncle. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was his uncle. Yes. Yeah. You're his right. uncle, who is a bad guy. <laughs> yes. Spoilers. Punk. Straight up punk. He's a um, punk. When he's dying, he tells Miles. So, you know, you have to you have to contrast this. Spider-Man, it was with great power comes great responsibility. And they intentionally make fun of that throughout this movie. You know, the the washed up Peter Parker is like, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. And I get it. Like, it's funny because it's a joke. The problem that I have is that not only is it a joke, they take it so far in the other direction that instead of, like, passing this torch to Spider-Man and saying, you have these great powers now go and use them for good. You have this responsibility on you. Instead, what is told to Miles is, Miles, you are amazing, and whatever you decide to do will be amazing. So, sure, you can say the underlying assumption is, so go do something good with what you have. But I think that changes his motivation. It changes his um i'm gonna get kind of weird his telos right his whole purpose of being spider-man is no longer i have a responsibility to use what has been given me to to better to protect right go back to masculinity okay (laughs) maybe i'm dealing with some issues myself i don't know that's all just coming out on this podcast um but you know you have you have this strength and you need to protect others with it instead it changes it and maybe i'm just sensitive because of the current culture that we're living in and he's saying you are awesome no matter what you do you're the greatest thing you are god's gift to the world well he he said you're the best at, like one of the things and i think his uncle aaron looks at him and says you're the best of all of us yeah 
Yeah. And, and that's, and then he's like, you you know, and then go out there and it is, dude, I think like that's, that's the thing is like it, in a lot of ways, it is sort of like the casting off the like, Hey, you have these abilities, you have a responsibility to people around you, you, you know, there's an onus Mm -hmm. to be better versus saying like, no, you're enough. Just, just you do you, you'll figure it out. Like you're special and whatever you do is going to be like golden like it it's it's cool it's yeah. cool and that is very much like i think that that is very much a reflection of what's going on in today's world mm-hmm. like and and even like dude like you know even in a lot of like the trying to reclaim masculinity and stuff i see these guys who do not know what their strength is for they like mm-hmm. because at the end of the day they they live in such a way that their strength is for them and it's like, no, your strength is there for everyone else. You are meant to be a bullet sponge. You are meant to be like, you are meant to get out there and like get broken down and get back up. Like that's why Peter is the better role model in some ways. Because mm-hmm. like there's that monologue or those montage of him getting knocked down and getting back up and getting knocked down and getting back up and getting knocked down and getting back up. I'm repeating getting myself on down. purpose here. I get up again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I get knocked down. But I get up again. Ain't never gonna keep me down. I get knocked down. But anyways, man, tub thumping. <laughs> what the, the worst. But that and but but no, I think like and when you actually sort of like when you sort of like put that like I had sort of looked right past that mm-hmm. and I was just like, Oh, this is kind of fun. But like, yeah, it is sort of like a throwing off of an ethos. Mm-hmm. Of or of a telos or a telos, um, yeah, it, and, and so it was. Again, it's not even the character himself because I again, I I I, can't, I don't want to, I can't stress this enough. I really liked Miles. I thought he was super cool, um, and I think, and, and to be fair to to Miles' character, I think in a lot of ways he does embrace the. With yes. great power comes great responsibility. Yes. He like he leans into that. Mm-hmm. But it's not because it's rather in spite of everything. Right. right. It's not like and he doesn't like I I don't know. It's yeah. like yeah, the, yeah. I I agree. I agree. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't flaunt it or whatever. Yes. I agree that he does end up taking that. I just took a, a big issue because I'm sensitive to that, you know, like, because like this is, you know, this is my Spider-Man and you're changing him. I noticed the things that they intentionally did differently. And that was one mm-hmm. of those things is they were making fun of, Oh, his great power becomes great. Response. Don't say that kid. Um, no, I get it. He was a washed up Peter Parker. He had, you know, he, he hadn't gotten back up kind of a thing. Like I get it. I understand how it made sense in the movie, but from a character development standpoint, from like just writing a character, they were intentionally, um, it's like a deconstruction, right? It it is a, it it is intentionally changing that and creating something new and, but then still calling it Spider-Man. Now, again, if he, if like, yeah, if into the Spider-Verse two, apparently they're making a second one, which that's great. Um, yeah. if, if he continues down that same path of, of taking responsibility, then awesome. You know, that's great. I just thought that the message of the movie that no, we're no longer about taking, we're no longer about you having responsibility. We're about you being awesome. And so your awesomeness should determine what you do in life. You know, like no matter what you do, just point your awesome towards something because it's going to be awesome. Um, And again, like I get encouragement. I I understand. But because that is so central to the character of Spider-Man for me, changing that just was almost, it was, it was kind of insulting to the character it, of it's, it's a bit of a betrayal to the legacy right. yeah, yeah. I- exactly and For so sure. so that was my biggest issue with the movie that said again it, it was a fun time i enjoyed it um you know we were talking a little bit uh, with wes this afternoon 
I would rank it as either my third or fourth favorite Spider-Man movie um, because I did really enjoy it. I think I think I got to put well I have a hard time I really like Spider-Man 2 but I also recognize that part of that is just nostalgia because it is kind of corny um but Homecoming is fantastic Homecoming think, is is definitely probably number one in my book. Yeah, I think it's gonna edge over Spider Man too, but it could go back and forth. I, I need to like sit down and watch Spider Man. It's been a while since I've seen Spider Man too. Mm. Um, but those two are my favorites, and then original Spider Man. I really like that one too. So I don't know if I would put that one above. That would either be three or four, along with with Into the Spider Verse. So it's still high up there in terms of you know the what seven Spider Man movie. I don't know. Um, so it's not, I did enjoy the movie, but that was my biggest problem with it is just how characters are changed. And the thing is, is this is not done in a vacuum, right? There's lots of superhero characters that, that have intentionally been written recently, um, in order to go against what they were originally created to do. So for instance, you have like, um, uh, Captain America in one of the recent stories, I say recent, within the past couple of years, coming out as uh, part of Hydra. You know, he's like a far right, uh, you know, like Trump supporter, basically. And then he comes out and he's actually, he's been a part of Hydra this entire time. And it's like that, that kind of, frankly, garbage where like you're no longer writing these characters, you're trying to, you're trying to tarnish their legacy. I'm just I'm just more sensitive to that because it seems to be the cool thing to do is deconstruct all these characters. Well, it's like, because that's well, I mean that's that's part of the cultural movement right now, right. man. Like, right. and I don't want to get like super political, but the whole thing with all of this social Marxism, social mm-hmm. democratic socialism stuff. Like all of it is really about just subversion and yeah, burning it all down subversion. and starting over again. Yeah. With and because like and and here's the thing. Like this is why it's almost important and I don't want to again, I don't want to go to this is why it's it's almost necessary to throw down with great power comes great responsibility. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it looks at the individual and says, You are responsible. Yeah. You are responsible. Yeah. Like you're responsible for what you do. You're responsible for what you say. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it says in many ways, you're responsible for some of the circumstances you will find yourselves in. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that. Like in order in order for that, like if you're looking at the individual and you're saying you need to take ownership and you need to live, you know, live in light of that owner, like of, of the, the the consequences and the choices of, of your actions. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, totally. I, I know, I know. I referenced it. Like, I know we sort of referenced Wolverine, but like, mm-hmm. and now it's a totally different like superhero movie. But Logan, mm-hmm. Logan is all about like him sort of assuming responsibility for something that isn't even. He's like. You know, eventually it's like, you know, it comes out Laura, you know, again, spoilers, mm-hmm. people, whatever. But Laura is his clone daughter or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he owes nothing to this kid. But at the end of the day, and like he comes to it grudgingly. But then mm-hmm. like he comes up under the responsibility and he lives like a man. Yeah. And I, I just like, and and so there's like all of this stuff where it's like, in order for that, for the, like the, the, the social narrative and it starts in the arts, like this, mm-hmm. this stuff always starts in the arts. And, uh, that's the, one of the areas where like, I can sort of like, I mean, as much as this, like I can sort of like, I am sympathetic to some of like the post mill crowd mm-hmm. <laughs> in this regard. And like, you know, in as much as like a way for Christians to combat, some of this movement is by making good art that actually engages yeah you know these philosophies and stuff but um 
Yeah, it is. It is just interesting how like it. It is. We are sort of like it is just. It is interesting how like if you're not paying attention, it's like oh, like this is just a sort of like mindless entertainment, or it's just fun, or it's just. But it's like mm-hmm. no, there's there's like stuff, and I I don't want to put on my Tim Ferriss hat, you know, <laughs> like Tim Foyle hat, people, um, and like at all like conspiracy theory ish, but yeah, it is just is sort of weird how it yeah it's following the current narrative for sure and it's and it's just another voice saying that same thing and to the point that like it how do i put this it's not altogether a a bad message of saying like hey whatever you you do is going to be awesome like there is a point at which you need to be encouraging right you want to encourage people because like we do have a lot of potential right? Um, Just as people, as people created in the image of God. But I would say that the original take actually does reference that. Like, you don't have to focus on how awesome you are. Like, that original um, statement, with great power comes great responsibility. That assumes you have great power, right? You, You have to wield it properly. Like, yes, you are, you can do some great things, um, you just need to take responsibility for those things and in, in what has been put on you. What you can do with that is not always going to be awesome, right? That's the part that's wrong. <laughs> it's not yeah. – you could do some terrible things with your strength. You know, as – again, I'll harp on dudes, okay? Masculinity. Um, you are to cultivate your strength, but that strength can be dangerous, um, now that that shouldn't prevent you from cultivating it you ought to be a dangerous person but you ought to have that that in check right i think I you think ought to be Jordan a dangerous Peterson, person right? in in the right context like right. dangerous be dangerous to those who would threaten the people that you protect yeah like the to be dangerous to the people who would hurt your people yeah you know, be dangerous to those who would do wrong. Exactly. But yes. Like, don't be dangerous. Like, I think like there is such like a, you know, like especially like when we look at like the like, there's a tension that I feel like gets lip service. Jesus. Okay, so we're commanded to turn the other cheek, mm-hmm. and there are certain things, and you know, I, I'm not trying to get into a debate with anybody about this, or, and I know that maybe there are some dudes who. But like, in a way, Christ asks his people, like, okay, so when we are called to the cross, you know, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, mm-hmm. come after me, take up his cross and follow me. All right. So self-denial is in the DNA of the Christian ethic. Yeah. It is a fundamental step and in a lot of ways that means like we need to put down like our honor our dignity our pride our self our work like you know um and you know there are all these paul echoes that call to sort of like make less of yourselves like don't think so much of yourselves um you know and i think that there there are many good things that are coming out of sort of like the Christian masculinity. I'm throwing up air quotes mm-hmm. stuff. But I also think there's some real toxic garbage. Mm-hmm. And some of these dudes are just buttheads who just want to like chest thump and like feel good about themselves and feel tough and make comments about how women need to get back in the kitchen and make them sandwiches. Like one full get your butt out of bed and make your own stinking sandwich, you turd. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't have, I don't have much patience for that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, like, and it's not to say like, listen, Megan packs my lunch most mornings, but nice. That's, but that's because she wants to, it's not because, right. and like, and, and I, I have seated that like, but sometimes I take care of that. Or sometimes I go, go buy lunch which is usually not a better option in many ways. I make, listen, left to my own devices, people, I will make poor dietary choices. Like, 
Even sometimes when she's around, I make poor dietary choices. <laughs> like, but I don't know. There, there is that like whole bit, man, where it's like it just it's weird how like we come back to this, we come back to this like topic often. Mm-hmm. But like masculinity, like and you know, real real strength, real strength is like not being worried about like making sure everybody knows how strong you are, yeah. or like how tough you are. It just does what it like. You just do what you need to, and you don't do it in a way that victimizes or abuses people. Yeah, like you do. You just you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with being a little TCB, man. Like, you know, like take care of your business. Like, but at the same time, like, you know, Jesus was a protector. Like, he, you know, mm-hmm. like, and again, there, again, specific contexts. And I'm just sort of like saying, like, but like, you know, when you look at the compassion that he had on the sick and the hurting and the lame, mm-hmm. and like, you know, when he, he makes that, that he says, come to me, take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and lowly. And like when he, he makes warnings, he's like, if any of you would cause these little ones to stumble, it would be better for a millstone to be ca- be on your neck, be tied to your neck and for you to be cast into the ocean. Yeah. Like he's saying like there are consequences for abusing the people that you should be protecting. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I'm not like trying to, I'm not trying to ICG or anything here, but like, I think there are a lot of men hiding within the churches who frankly, like need to be confronted with that reality, like confronted with the, the, the judge of the universe who sees past, you know, all of the, like, and the, dude, this is something that I need to be like confronted with. Like all of my hypocrisy, all of my foolishness, all of my sort of like two-facedness and all of my bravado and swagger and mouthiness and like all the other stupidity that I can sort of like get myself into, like I need to sort of like take into account, like at the end of the day, like, like at the end of my time, whether, you know, Christ comes back or, you know, I, I, I step across the veil, like. I am going to give a reckoning. There will be a like a for every word, for every time I did not do the right thing, for every time I abused my power, for every time I abused my authority. You know, I will and like and like listen, I think even as a deacon within the church uh, within the church of Christ, like as an office bearer within the church of Christ, there is a burden on me and like when when I stand before the king, he's going to say, "What did you do with it?" And if I misuse that, there there will be a reckoning. Yeah. And that, frankly, now that I'm thinking about it, scares the doo doo out of me. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's like that. And like, there are a lot of men who get up and stand behind the pulpit and spout stupidity and foolishness and vainglory. And like, someday you're gonna stand before the God of the universe, like you know who you know. And like, man, read some of that stuff in Revelation when it talks about the lion coming back. Yeah. Like, that's not a cat that you want to be like messing with, fools. <laughs> like, like he, he he's not gonna like he's gonna see right through your garbage. He's gonna see right through mine. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna say at, at that point. <laughs> I want to, you know, what I want to do? I want to talk mad trash on Ernest Klein's books. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no, we'll save that for a different time. But it's like, yeah, like I'm looking forward to digging into that that podcast that Paul was mentioning. Yes, it was like basically, dude. Like the first season, it's like it's like seven episodes, and they're just like, here's just why talking about that. Oh my goodness, here's that's crazy. Here's why uh, whatever that stupid his stupid for, uh, Ready Player One is a terrible book, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Yes, like listen, I I, like read. Let the hate flow through you. Do it. (laughs) Yes, I like how we both went there. I mean, yeah, you gotta go to Emperor Mickey. Let the hate, let the hate flow through you, boys and girls. (laughs) Give in to the dark side. (laughs) Do it. Um. Oh man. But. It's like, 
it's one of those things like listen like we talk about the books that we read and we want like i want to encourage people to read good books and like i can be a bit of a book snob like listen i read some dumb stuff like i read some real pulpy like just like not pulpy in the like racy sort of like lascivious titillating kind of way but just like like i like like just like a good dumb story that's a bit of a page turn as much and and i actually enjoyed ready player one Mm -hmm. but like at the end of the day that book is like not great right (laughs) it is right it is it is a bunch of pop culture references it's a bunch of like self-indulgent like sort of back patting like you know pat pat, patting themselves on the back it's a bunch of like and it, it pretends to be so much more than it actually is and it's like you yeah. you brought up before we started recording how like it's just like there's a lot of god hating in that book and it's just foolishness. It's not even like it's not even coherent arguments for against God. It's basically right. like I don't like this, so God doesn't exist. Yeah. And I'm like you're a clown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like let's a- just go get you some grease paint and a big red rubber nose, <laughs> dummy, cuz you a clown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he he was just a petulant teenager. And so that made it all the less believable that he was the one like figuring everything out during the rest of the story. Which yeah, we so in context, we talked about this a little bit before we hit record for the bro hang. Um so we're kind of regurgitating our arguments here, but in short, which I'm not very good at. Um the We really we both, bad at brevity, bro. <laughs> yes, exactly. We both enjoyed it. Like I listened to the audiobook, mm-hmm. uh, but I was also kind Same. of expecting more because one of my friends had told me like this was the book that got him back into reading. Like he couldn't put it down, um, and he just absolutely loved it. And I listened to it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's it's fun." Like I enjoyed it. I liked the pop culture references. Yeah, you know? like, I did too. Like it was a fun time. It's just. In terms of like plot, in terms of character, characters were underdeveloped. The plot was paper thin um, because you've just got this big, bad, evil corporation that and you basically have the stormtrooper effect where he has like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people trying to figure out these insane uh, puzzles and things like that. And well, the 15 year old kid figured it out before everyone else could, because this kid's a genius apparently, because he watches. He's a wizard, Ari. Yeah, right, right. So he's definitely like a Mary Sue. And also, his relationship with the the chick doesn't make any sense. Just like, oh, you like game, you like references? I like references too. Let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. It just, so yeah, you look back on it and it's all just. It, it just paper thin and and you you said it again before the podcast is yeah it's it's popcorn you know it's cotton it's, candy it's, it's fine it's no like it's it's fine to like it but right it's like it's it's like a candy bar yeah like listen it's cool to have a candy bar every once in a while don't make like Candy bars all the time are a bad idea. Yeah. The, like it, candy bars are not the pinnacle of culinary, you know, the epitome of, of culinary excellence. It's not like, I yeah, mean, you'll get a sugar rush, but it's you know, not. Some of them are mad tasty, <laughs> but yeah, it, but it, yeah, I mean, you eat it and it's gone. And unlike the slogan, you're still going to be hungry. It doesn't matter how many Snickers you have. So, Anyways, you know, those peanuts, man, it's got peanuts in it. That's, it's healthy for me. <laughs> right. That's what I'm telling myself. Yes, exactly. No, but it's like, yeah, I think, you know, like one of the things is like, so like, it's like a, like, <laughs> it's like a Harry Potter fan fiction novel mm-hmm. with, but like, he, like, like, listen, in a lot of ways, Wade Watts or whatever, I think it's yeah. Wade Watts. Yeah, you got is, it, man. Is like it's like it's a poor man's Harry Potter, hmm. like because it's like he's just the one who can figure it all out, but it's not written nearly as well. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like it's kind of like, but instead of like wands, it's going to be like, you know, or like you know, potions class or whatever. It's going to be like we're going to like examine this this the depth of this this rush lyric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like I'm like. Oh, that's 
Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And don't get me wrong. I like Rush. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it's it's fun. Uh, it's, they, they're, they're like, you know, they got a few good albums and stuff. But I don't know, man. Like, it's just like one of those things where, like, I just was like, uh, it's, I, I did I did want you to like get that your your spider-man hot take out there though mm-hmm. for real because i was like i thought it was good it was like it, it sort of like put me back for a minute i was like oh yeah hey. the the other two smaller nitpicks that i had with the movie that like that was the huge that was the big thing that that kind of made me like and also you know i gotta be honest is that everyone was saying like oh this is 10 out of 10 best thing best spider-man movie ever put out and so it was underneath that backdrop that when that happened I was just kind of like, oh no, this isn't like this isn't the best. Uh, there, there are some fundamental problems here that that people are overlooking. Um, but two of the smaller nitpicks for me was I felt like to a much, much, much lesser extent that some of the um, because it's a crossover world, I felt like they were stretching the enemies very thin that they decided to change up. So something like a female Dr. Octopus or Scorpion who was like Mexican and, I and things like that. I think that actually has more to do with the fact that it's based in what they call the ultimate universe. Uh-huh. I, no, I could be wrong because, well, Miles is mm-hmm. based out of the what they call the ultimate universe, which is okay. sort of like it was... So looking at comic books and I'm going to sort of like my nerd cred is going to sort of like basically the ultimate series were basically like soft reboots. Yeah. Where it was like everything was supposed to be a little more grounded in um, reality and stuff like so in the original ultimate Spider-Man, Peter was um, a, a, a kid high schooler, junior high sort okay. of thing. So it has that arc. And I think he ends up dying. Gotcha. Uh, in the ultimate books as well. But... Uh, my, so, my, it, not, that it's, not that it's even necessarily an issue, but my annoyance is that I, I feel like at a certain point you should just write new villains. If you're going to if you're going to like change a lot of things about it, it feels again. And maybe it's, maybe it's just that I'm too sensitive to like deconstructive elements, but you're just afraid of strong women, Josh. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely it. No, I mean, (laughs) well, but it was also, it was also the scorpion character and I know there was someone else, but I don't remember who it was. Well, obviously, I mean, Dr. Octopus was like the biggest villain. Well, let's see Um, like Kingpin. Right. Kingpin was the cast of, yeah. Uh there was and Green the, Goblin was weird, but um Well now that Green Goblin I'm pretty sure was based Norman. on the ultimate version. Oh, okay. okay, gotcha. Of like yeah, I'm almost positive the, that that one was based on the ultimate. Yeah. Uh like you can keep talking, I'm gonna Google this. Ultimate Green yeah. Goblin. I I, I I just felt like the yeah, that they should have been different characters if you're going to change some big things about them then why like even say oh this is an alternate take on this character like just just write a new character like you don't need to you know someone else find because because well, it was also so similar i think that though that's the sort of thing though is like in a lot of ways like spider-man is a very totemic hero mm-hmm. and so a lot of his characters tend to or his like his his villains or you know antagonists or whatever tend to yeah. be very totemic as well so like there there's like a, a theme in a lot mm-hmm. of ways like the rhino when you yeah. look at like like the rhino you got doc ock you've got the vulture you've got um Come on, I know there's like a few more in there. Uh, Scorpion, just, Shocker, Chameleon. Sc- uh, yes. Like, so you've got, yeah, you've got like these very like electro. sort of the, the, like the, the sort of pushing back to like primal forces or uh, animals like Craven. Yeah. The, uh, the Venom, Morbius. Well, Venom and Morbius, that was sort of a different, but it's like, 
like it's very rooted in sort of like almost these animal themes. And there's actually yeah. mm-hmm. a really interesting comic like uh, like run where it talks about sort of like the totemic nature of Spider-Man. Hmm. And in in like it talks about it in the comic books, like and it sort of explains all this like all interesting. It gets kind of weird. It gets like real bizarre though. Anyways, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, so, I would sort of like disagree with you. I think like, okay. yeah, you know, use use established villains. I think like, you know, Wilson Fisk as the kingpin mm-hmm. is like, you know, it's just like this is this is a Spider-Man. Well, in a lot of ways, it's a Spider-Man universe that we know, but we kind of don't know because mm-hmm. and that's even Miles story is like in a lot of ways, like Miles exists in the ultimate universe. And yeah. so that's a step outside of like the the more traditional Spider-Man canon, mm-hmm. and so for these char- for these villains to be sort of like a little off of what we expect, I'm like eh, it's, it's kind of like eh, it's like I'm down for that personally. Okay, but okay. Um the the last thing, and again, very minor, but it just kind of it, it was an annoyance to me was uh th- so one of my favorite things is the art style. I felt like Wilson Fisk, the way that he was drawn was so he was drawn like a monster, even though he was human. Like I get that it was part of I get that they were incorporating a certain art style, but it did not make sense that you had other like humans running around in this world who were normally proportioned and he was such a like gargantuan hunk of flesh, but not even not even a typical like human shape. You know, he was he was just a just kind of like a blob, and and that felt really weird to put him in the same scene as other things. And I felt the same way about Green Goblin, where they were so. Um, why can't I think of the word? They were such monstrosities that it didn't seem to fit with the rest of the movie. So again, very minor annoyance, but when he was kind of like the big bad at the end, it was just so weird to see that form um, along with the rest of these more uh, more down-to-earth at least shaped characters. I get, you know, by the end of the movie, they're all the different versions of Spider-Man, but still. I think part of that though is, is because I think in a lot of ways, and again, like it's your opinion, you're entitled to it. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of that too, is that in a lot of ways into the Spider-Verse is more rooted in the comic book stuff. Mm -hmm. And Wilson Fisk as the Kingpin is actually if you like Google comic book images of him, mm-hmm. you'll see that like that design is actually pretty like sort of in keeping with his his comic book design. Kingpin is a monster of a human being. Like he's huge. Mm-hmm. Um he's beaten down like in the comic books, he's beaten down more than a few superheroes. Um so like and th- that's not to like so like a lot of times when we think Kingpin though, we're thinking about Vincent D'Onofrio and the daredevil. And like, that's like, in a lot of ways that is sort of like the pinnacle Kingpin, but he is like in the comic books, he is, I think he might, he might be a mutant. He's suit. Like he's ridiculously strong. Mm-hmm. He's sort of a freak of nature in a lot of ways. I'm just, so I'm just like in, this is just at marvel.com. Uh just like he's six foot seven, weighs four hundred and fifty pounds, and he's ruthless, cunning, and wide bellying, uh bellied. He may not have superpowers like most of his foes, um, but he does have brains. Uh but he's he's just a massive it says most of Fisk's bulk is actually muscle, not fat. His enormous size is comparable to that of a sumo wrestler. So, I'm not saying it's like, listen, so dude, some of it is just a cartoon, bro. Right. Yes, I I understand. 
But the listener does not did not see that picture that you threw at me. That, that no. was a little freakish looking. But yeah, no, I mean I get it, and it's like that's that's sort of like I I understand. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like it, that wasn't as big a deal breaker. I actually kind of liked his design. Oh wow! Because it did like I just think it emphasized sort of like in a lot of ways that like sometimes men can be monsters too. Mm-hmm. Like and 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 that's me sort of like I don't know I liked it. But I just, for me though, it was like I just like aesthetically. I think that that movie is the business. Mm-hmm. Like I think it is like honestly the best looking piece of animation that we've gotten in a number of years. And I'm not saying like, like this is no like Miyazaki flick. People like this is not some like beautiful like. But this is just as far as like some of the technologies that they they basically invented. So that they could make that that movie look the way it does, yeah. With some of like the different panels and everything, like that stuff's legit. That's groundbreaking, and you best best represent. You best understand. Uh, you dropped another one in there. Do I want to see what the second one is, dude? You didn't have. I actually really like that. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't want to own that, but I think that's kind of like that's that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's a it's a it's the Dual Sense controller mocked up to look like Wilson Fisk. Uh, it's entertaining. Uh, we'll have to drop that. We'll have to drop those in the Discord, man. But. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I think the, the, the most interesting bit, though, for me was when you sort of mentioned the fact that they, you know, there was that subversion of the, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I was no. like, oh, no joke. <laughs> yeah, like like I said, I might just be sensitive to it, but yeah, man. That's that's my hot takes on the movie. Again, I don't want to. Uh, it 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 just lands in such a weird place for me because I do really enjoy the movie. Um, yeah, and and it. I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade who did really like it. Like that's fine, but I'll admit I do think there is a part of me that like when people say that oh this is absolutely the best Spider-Man thing ever. And this is way better than any other movie. I have to like, there's a part of me that's just like, no, like you don't understand Spider-Man, you know? And maybe that's pretentious of me, you know, maybe I'm just well, being too, too much. Um, Cause I, again, it comes I from where say, I when where I, what I really like about Spider-Man, but what were you going to say? Well, yeah, I mean, like, part of it, I was going to say, part of it is just, like, you are, you sort of have, like, your strong feelings and strong attachments to the character and mm-hmm. and the reasons why. But I think part of that, too, though, is, like, and, and we've sort of talked about, but, like, there is just a sort of, like, tendency, I think, culturally, like, whatever the new and shiny is, like, it's that yeah. hype train mentality stuff, yeah. man, where it's, like, this is amazing. And, like, like you know, I'm not saying that, like, I'm exempt from that or anything. Cause like, I mean, I went and saw Spider-Man in the, uh, into the Spider-Verse in the theater twice. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Cause I liked it a whole lot. Like I went and saw yeah. it with my buddy sauce and then I went and saw it again. I think maybe with Megan or maybe, maybe we had the boys at that point. In time. I, I can't remember. No, I don't think we did, mm-hmm. but it was like it's like one of those things like it's just it's a dope flick yeah and it's like it's really good and it's like I probably was like yeah this is awesome this might be and, I, and you know I probably said I think this might be my favorite Spider Man um you know and now oh, that you I'm sort of like one. maybe that's yeah, why I, pro- I was so annoyed <laughs> I'm yeah kidding. I'm just kidding <laughs> listen <laughs> listen we've been friends for a while man like you can you can dog me out dude it's fine. Uh, I get it, like, you know, um, no, but I mean, I really did like it, but then like sort of, it's one of those things like once you have a little bit of scope, a little bit of perspective, it's like, oh yeah, well, no, it's, it's still pretty legit, but is it really as good as like all that? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. But, de- but definitely worth a watch. I, yeah, I would recommend sure, it, you know, and just be careful. It, it's even a part of me. I like looking for, you know, just some of the, and then we'll talk about this. And, hey, on our next episode, when we talk about the underlying themes of Persona 5, I like, you know, going a little underneath like what is it what is this saying you know what is the message behind this where is this coming from sort of a thing so so seeing some of that stuff in some of my favorite (laughs) characters uh, it uh yeah i'm laughing because he keeps dropping this stuff into the stinking skype thread people lots of lots of kingpin images they will be on discord for anyone who is with us there um so you can see all of the bizarreness yes yeah um i'm trying to think of this word that's why i'm freezing it's like mon monstrous but then also like deformed uh um i think it starts with an a it's not horrendous but it's something like grotesque that's a good word it's along those lines yeah anyways anyways i just can't my brain like it's sort of it is one of those like and like it is like monstrous you know Mm -hmm. i don't know if there's like a a stylistic word there brutalistic brutal yeah kind of just like brooding this this. hulking yeah there we (laughs) go sorry i'm looking at synonyms on google and there's a lot of good ones deformed malformed distorted monstrous hideous twisted unsightly abnormal freakish bizarre outlandish strange towards the end here freaky fugly (laughs) that's on there too so (laughs) thank you google for um recommending that one and with that try and use that one in a book report kids (laughs) Uh, actually don't do that because it probably will get you in a whole pile of trouble yeah um you didn't hear it here folks not from us not from us yeah. oh my goodness okay well it's oh about time goodness, for me gracious. to go into my own spider verse yeah is my bed yeah <laughs> i think me too faux show <laughs> catch you guys later do it <laughs>